everybody, this is Kate. And this is Mr. A. And welcome to the Popcorn and Nacho Podcast. Where we talk all films you should see ASAP. So this week we're going to be talking about one of our uh, favorite, um, I guess we'll call it a horror comedy films that I don't know if a lot of people know about it, but they should because it's amazing. Uh, It's Tucker and Dale versus Evil. And this movie was um, made in 2010. It's a horror comedy. I'd actually consider it more of a comedy than horror. It has horror elements, but it's definitely more of a comedy. I agree. Um, And it's like, it doesn't have to exclusively be like a... Like a Halloween kind of film. I think you can watch it like anytime and just have a great time with it. Absolutely. And um, so just to kind of get you guys caught up on the story, because I highly doubt many of you have seen this or like even remember or know about it. So, Kate, uh, what's the story? So the story follows Tucker and Dale, who are two friends. And I guess they're kind of like hillbillies. And yeah, the movie really portrays them as like stereotypical hillbillies, they, and the, te- the teens talk about them like stereotypical hillbillies. Yeah, but. so Tucker um, has a pretty much bought a vacation home right. in the uh, West Virginia mountains, mm-hmm. and so they're going to be going to his vacation home, and they're going to fix it up. On the way there, they run into a group of college students, and Dale kind of likes one of the girls that's kind of part um, of the college students and Tucker kind of encourages him to go talk to her and it doesn't go well the first <laughs> time let's say yeah it doesn't go very well just because they're really kind of are portrayed as like typical hillbillies and there's also kind of a little bit of like this creepiness to them a la like deliverance i don't know if you know if you've ever heard of the film deliverance but that's kind of a creepy story about hillbillies um and and bad stuff happens to them so the college students are kind of put off by the whole thing well come to find out where their vacation home is the college students are not far behind camping and pretty much what the whole film really is is it's just the girl that he likes he she ends up getting like knocked out and they like take him to to, to their cabin right which kind of like sets off the other teens quest like oh my god they're kidnapping her yeah they're kidnapping her and they're torturing her so it's really a movie of complete misunderstanding like everything that the college students think is happening is not happening so the decision that the college students make is that their friend has been kidnapped she's being tortured they're serial killers is pretty much the decision that they make and just absolute craziness ensues as they try to go save their friend and then subsequently end up essentially killing themselves along the way. So this film actually had the, when um, the co-writers of this movie, Eli Craig and Morgan Jurgensen, I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, were brainstorming ideas for the movie. They really didn't have a concrete script. They didn't have an idea. They didn't even have like a plot set up. <laughs> they only had two scenes in mind when thinking of this movie um one of them is a, a redneck wields a chainsaw while being chased by bees which does ends up coming in the movie <laughs> and the other one is when the um oh my god it's like the probably the, my funniest part of the movie is when one of the teens accidentally jumps into a wood chipper <laughs> oh my god those are the only two scenes they had in mind wow when they came up with this movie and then they kind of filled in the rest as they went <laughs> with yeah and this is like eli craig's first film if i understood correctly as um yeah as writer. a director mm-hmm. 
uh, as a writer too. Oh, okay. And he's actually the son of Sally Fields. I actually read, which I thought was kind of interesting. But oh, really? Um, I don't know. I mean, for his first film, I actually think like this is a really, really good movie. I don't think a lot of people have heard of it, and I think what actually kind of helped us actually see it was a while ago they used uh, they were streaming it on Netflix. It was available on Netflix, and actually Netflix is the one that technically produced and made this film. They had tried to go through some other distributors before, but a lot of them, <laughs> kind of to your point, like when they heard what the story was going to be about, they're like, yeah, no, we'll Or lack, lack thereof of a story. <laughs> right. They're kind of like, no, this doesn't sound very good. So Netflix ended up um, financing the film and putting it out there and releasing it. And then a couple of years ago, they ended up streaming it. And that's actually how we got the opportunity to see it. And I'm so glad we did because, oh, it's just, it's so, so freaking funny. Let's get to the, let's just get to why it's so good. Um, I got we said is a horror comedy and I like to think of it as kind of like a less meta version of Scream, a Wes Craven Scream because it does kind of like really kind of poke fun at some of the, the typical genre. horror cliches yeah. like the big hulking like like supposed evil figures like it because one of their biggest inspirations for the hillbillies portraying them in the movie was texas chainsaw massacre where right. it is very much like you know and they're in the middle of a like cabin and like the outback yeah. and there's like all these dangerous like you know yeah and you definitely can see that in the way that you know each of the characters specifically tucker i think tucker's uh character specifically you can kind of see him modeled on like a little bit of the leather face and a little bit of of some of those other characters in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But he's a totally a nice guy. Right. He's so cute because, like, he's pretty much giving his buddy Dale, like, dating advice. And and they're really just trying to fix up their vacation home. And it's just, it's just kind of, it's so funny. And um, it very much, like, does, like, I feel like most horror comedy do it, but I, I just, I, I was, I'm a sucker for when they do it. It's like, when they portray the teens as what they are, just so dumb and stupid. They make the dumbest choices ever. And in this one, it's like, quite literally, it leads to their death. It leads yeah, they to just... pretty much end up killing themselves. And when, there's, a, there's, there's a part, and it, like Mr. Ace said, it's probably like the... It's got to be... The, I think it's one of the funniest parts I have ever seen in a film is somehow, as we said, these kids are convinced that they're serial killers and these kids end up inadvertently killing themselves. And I don't even remember what the hell the kid was doing. I think he was like trying to like jump and lunge at the guy or yeah, something. Okay. And then it's like... <laughs> and t he's trying to attack the Tucker character who has a wood chipper... Behind him. Behind him because he's, you know, he's like got trees and he's trying to get uh -huh, rid of them right. or whatever. Mm -hmm. And... When the kid lunges, he misses him, and he ends up going face first going into the woods. Into the wood. <laughs> what makes it no? What makes it funnier is like it could stop there, right? But no, it doesn't. Tucker grabs onto his legs, and he's like trying to pull him out, and then this gallon of blood starts coming out of the. <laughs> and then finally, the wood chipper turns off, and then he yells, "Are you okay? <laughs> Are you okay?" As he's like covered in, <laughs> as he's covered in his blood, and it's like, oh my god! Like his legs are all you're holding on to. Like he's not okay. He died head first into it. But it's, I mean, it's got to be one of the funniest scenes in a film that I've actually seen in a very, yeah. very long time. Like, and I, there's a lot of scenes 
just as funny. Just the whole thing is just funny. And I really think that the main reason it is as funny as it is, is the cast. Specifically, Tucker and Tucker Dale. And Dale. Well, yeah, so before shooting, uh, um, the actors Alan Tudyk um, and uh, Tyler Labine spent time, a lot of time rehearsing um, and they just, they hanged out and they bonded with each other during those rehearsals and that generally made their chemistry a lot more believable on oh, set. Oh, for sure. And um, their chemistry was so strong, in fact, they reunited for another film called Dirk Gently's Hol- Holistic Detective Agency. Oh, mm-hmm. I haven't seen that one, but I've I, I've seen it. Um, it's streaming on, is it Hulu? I think it's Hulu. Mm, it's streaming on some streaming service. Yeah, I've, I've heard that that's uh, streaming somewhere, but... Um, yeah, I just generally like those leads. Yeah, they're very good. Like I have no trouble believing that they are the best of friends and that they'll, you know, they may like not just dis- like agree with each other on certain things, but like you can tell like they're like their bond is very very strong. Yeah, to your point, like their chemistry and they, and they work so well off each other, like the comedic oh, deliveries and oh, all that stuff. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like you're right. They have like the perfect chemistry together like you really truly feel like they're friends that they really truly do care about one another like i said tucker's kind of always trying to help dale like be more self-confident you know be <laughs> and less then, socially awkward yeah and then dale's always you know dale's kind of taking care of tucker when things happen to tucker unfortunately because Which, of, yeah a lot of, of bad things happen on. to tucker um and to your point like i think it's because those two actors i mean they're great comedic actors themselves you know Tudyk, I, I think the most famous thing he's probably known for is he was in the um, Firefly, ser- Firefly series by Joss Whedon that used to be on the Sci-Fi Channel. I actually know him more for um, Steve the Pirate from Dodgeball. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's also, he was actually in 310 to Yuma. He played that doctor. Oh. You remember? Yeah, I think I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he's actually in this really good uh, TV series right now called Resident Alien. Mm. Which is, I think, on the Sci-Fi Channel, but you can stream it on Peacock, and he's good. He's just a really good comedic actor. Period. And the same thing for Labine, like or Labine. I'm not sure how he's saying. Right. Like, I love him in Deadbeat. I love him in Somebody Mary Berry. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, to your point, like, I think you just have two really great comedic actors who then kind of have this like perfect chemistry and it just works so well in the film. Uh, now the teenagers themselves eh. I will say this um the Allison girl that they end up She's kidnapping good. I like her character growth in the film because she does end up coming to realize like oh these people are not that that bad and they actually actually grows to build a friendship with um, right. Dale and then you know Tucker is just kind of like in the I like to call him a third wheel and all this um because yeah. you know like Dale's the one who brought her and Tucker like he still helps her out and, and it, like her growth of understanding of and appreciation of them as just people rather than just their appearance and like their you know all that stuff I think was really it was nice it was and nice I think to, to you, like you raise a good point the whole film is kind of based on a lot of stereotyping and making assumptions about characters and that really the, yeah it comes through with all the subversions that they do in this right. movie because... but the same thing with Allison like I think that they actually. Like, the way that Dale sees her initially, he has a stereotype of who she is. And then when, you know, because what happens is she she hurts herself. They save her. And 
then she wants to help them out working around the house and he finds out oh she used to work on a farm she's used to doing you know labor right she's not just this kind of like bratty blonde yeah bratty blonde you know college kid who doesn't really know anything so i think that's what's kind of fun is it plays with those stereotypes and and assumptions um all throughout the film and it really like like, because it's a horror comedy, like, it does subvert a lot of, like, tropes because, like, Absolutely. without spoiling anything, um, there really is no real bad guy until the very end where one of the teens goes full psycho. <laughs> and it's, like, it's kind of funny how, like, the pretty boy ends up becoming, like, the serial killer and, like, everyone else, like, the actual <laughs> hillbillies you're thinking is the bad guy are, like, the ones who have to stop him, you know? Right. But it also homages to a lot of stuff because, again, like, the influence of leather, um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Leatherface is definitely present. Yeah. But also the cabin itself is, was based on both Evil Dead's cabin and Ron Turn's cabin. Right. They sent, he sent, basically, um, Eli Craig sewed, you know, John Blackie, the pictures of both of them. He's like, make a hybrid of these two, like, kind of, like, merge them together. And it, like, I think it really shows. Yeah, you can definitely tell in the production value of the film he really did kind of care about paying homage to these horror films as well. So like playing with it from a comedic standpoint, but also respecting it. So you definitely kind of feel that Evil Dead, you definitely kind of feel that Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but it's just, it's done really, really well. And the story is, it's really, really good. Extremely creative too. Exactly. Like, it's like, I'm... Like, the fact that, like, hillbillies are, like, portrayed as, like, the hero and it's, like, the world where it's, like, the teenagers kind of see them as, like, like you know, the serial killers that we commonly associate with horror movies, but then they end up, you know, like, watching over this girl and the kids kind of, like, stupidly kill themselves. It's, like, <laughs> it's so refreshingly original for a comedy. It yeah, It really is, you know, and I just think that, you know, the, 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 the pacing of the story is really, really good. There's never, like, a moment where you're just kind of like, oh, hurry it up. You know, everything just is paced really, really well. Yeah. Uh, the sequences in which the kids um, kill themselves, I mean, it's disgusting. So from, like, a horror standpoint or, like, a gore aspect. Oh, you're definitely going to really get your buckets full with the gore. For sure. Because, <laughs> like, they die in very creative and bloody ways. <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's pretty it's pretty gross. I mean, just that wood chipper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> situation and 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 just the hilarity that kind of ensues because you know even during that sequence a sheriff comes and and then tucker and dale have a big argument about what the hell have what the <laughs> hell just went down and the sheriff's like what the fuck you know and they're trying to explain to the sheriff that these kids are just like they're killing themselves they're in this killing themselves all over and you know it's just it's it, and i think at that point in time tucker's like covered in blood right <laughs> It's also in Beast Things because he's the one with the... <laughs> and then one of the kids is like, oh my God, he's chasing me with a chainsaw. But no, he's just trying to get away from the bees. Right. He was trying to get away from the bees. He was cutting down some trees. And then uh, I think a beehive fell over and then it's like... Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think the kid the kid ends up impaling himself on a tree. So like I said, from a, from a horror standpoint, it definitely has a lot of gore. So um, if you're really kind of into that, you'll like this film. But even like... If you're not that big on it, like the concept itself is not that scary. Like it's not. It's scary just a at big all. misunderstanding. Like it's good job being like, of like a friendly, friendly enough comedy to watch while also giving you that typical amount of like horror ism exactly. to it. You know. Yeah, I would definitely say like from from a horror standpoint, this is definitely a, a horror comedy. You know, it's 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 a lot like Scream, 
Except I would say Scream is can can be a little bit darker than right. this one. I, this it, one is this one definitely fun. Re- this one reminds me more of like a um, what we do in the shadows kind of a co- horror comedy. Yeah, yeah. Or definitely present, but it's definitely more lighthearted than oh, some of the for other sure. horror for sure. movies. Yeah. So, um, and you know, the film itself was not made for a whole hell of a lot of money. Um, it didn't do amazing at the box office, but I think really what it's become is it's become um, more of a cult film, which I feel like we talk about cult films a lot here. Um, I feel like last week we talked a little bit about Napoleon Dynamite and kind of what happened you know, with that film. Yeah, because it didn't really make back its $5 million budget, yeah. unfortunately. It's like, despite receiving excellent like critical praise from people who saw it, because the critics actually really liked it. Yeah. Um, it do like all the promotion that went into the movie like didn't really captivate a lot of audiences like because the the marketing for it unfortunately was not that you know like strong, um and it really it's a shame because I think it does the movie a disservice because when you actually watch it it's just so clever oh and smart and funny yeah and you know it's so funny when you stop and think about like some of the horror movies out there that you know like do really well on you know wh- when they're being released and they're kind of mediocre or it's the same kind of like premise over and over again i mean a good example is the damn sharknado movies it's like oh. i just i hate them <laughs> i just i know there are some people's like kind of dumb tea but it's like i just think they're just so dumb and like they know they're dumb but they don't care it's like you'll watch it it's yeah whatever I've watched like five minutes of a sharknado movie and i'm out it just, <laughs> i'm just kidding it just leaves a super tight tension, and it makes you upset. Yeah, like those movies get a lot of attention. Yeah, this that's actually smart and like I don't know, and funny and yeah. clever and good. Yeah, you're Unfortunately, right. Unfortunately, didn't make it. And there have been talks for a while of a sequel, um, but you know the scripts, unfortunately, for it have not been that good enough to warrant that sequel. And um, they've been silent about it, but like from the works of it, looks of it, they're not. It's not going to happen. But you never know. But. I mean, I would love to see. Labine or Levine and Tudyk together again. Yeah, because again, just because great. they were just they're so amazing, um, they and have, their characters are just they really are iconic. And I think they, they should be. Yeah, they honestly make the movie because I think I think if you didn't have those two in the role, it would not have worked as well. Yeah, I agree with you. They just they just have a really good comedic chemistry, and you know, kind of going back to like the teens' performances. They're okay. They're really like they're played as what they are—the stereotypical dumb, stupid teenagers. And yeah, uh, the pretty boy. I mean, I think he does a very good job of kind of playing the psychopath. I actually think his name is Chad, which is kind of funny. Oh, is that what his <laughs> yeah, name is? Yeah, his name's Chad. Oh. <laughs> Friggin' Chad. <laughs> I mean, he does a good job of kind of playing that psychopath and just kind of getting more and more intense as the film goes along. Because he starts um, to get, you know, riled up and, like, he'll be like, they need to die, we need to kill them, and then eventually, like, it goes so far, <laughs> and, like, he just becomes a maniac. He becomes... Yeah, he pretty much becomes a maniac <laughs> killer himself, uh, who they then have to kind of protect themselves against, which, like I said, it's just, it's just extremely inventive. Like and, I said, it's just a really fun, and it's just a fun movie. Yeah. Uh, and more I think about it, it's kind of funny they call this movie Tucker and Dale vs. Evil, where there's really not a lot of evil for them to go against, <laughs> except for like maybe the end. But yeah, you're right. That's even the title point. itself is kind of a good comedic subversion. That's a good point. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. there really isn't any evil. Like they're pretty much just trying. They're just kind of going along, and trying to do like, their own thing. And then these teens are coming in and killing themselves. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, these teens are just you know. So like I said, it's just it's just a really funny misunderstanding film and i like i said i i think you know 
one of the main reasons we we want to talk about this film is because we just don't think that enough people know about this film and you really should it is an excellent excellent film probably one of my i think one of i mean it's 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 definitely to me on the level of like what we do in the shadows yeah exactly um because it's just again it's like so it's like the premise itself doesn't seem that good but like it's so cleverly written and like again like the two leads alan and um Levine, it's like, oh my god, they're so good with each other. Yeah, let's like, just call them Alan and Tyler because yeah, Alan we can Tyler. say their first Because, like, I don't, I don't, I don't. I'm totally butchering their last names for sure, but <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. They they definitely, they make the film, and it, it's it's just really, really funny. So, you know, most of the people that I've kind of talked to about this film never heard of it, recommended to them, and they loved it. And to your point, I think what's really funny about this film is how much critics liked it. Like, even... Um, I think I was reading Richard Roper, you know, who's, who tends to be a little bit like kind of mean when it comes to critically <laughs> reviewing films. Like he thought it was great. He thought it was funny and clever. And, you know, he was like, everybody needs to watch this. Yes. And like, I really hope this is like one of those, it becomes one of those movies like Hunchback of Notre Dame, like at Disney. Because like when it came out, it wasn't that well received because it was coming off the heels of Pocahontas, which is another mm. unfortunate Disney movie that didn't really do that well. Um, but like over time, like the Hunchback has just gotten such a good critical following, um, um, cult following from audiences for the music and for like the writing and like as it should. And I really hope that this movie quickly becomes that. Um, this movie is like only like ten years old because it's released in two thousand ten. Right. So I just really hope that more people get to see it and like just really admire it for its. Yeah, it's definitely on the level of like what we do in the shadows. It's definitely up there with Scream. I, I mean, I would. I would even say it's up there with like Trick or Treat, which is one of our favorite, you know, kind of horror anthologies. Um, it's just a really, really good film. And to Mr. A's point, you don't have to wait for Halloween to see this movie. You can watch this movie anytime. It really is just funny. And and, and you have a good time. And I know that sounds weird, people dying, but um, it's just the way that the, the, the writing is done and the way that the characters are that just makes you really um, intrigued. That might sound weird for me to say, but like, I'll say, like, if you aren't that big on horror movies, like, if you want to, like, you want to start watching, but you don't want to go too extreme, you kind of want to ease yourself into it, I think this is a good place to start. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I think it's a good job of, like, introducing, like, the typical cliches of horror movies while also not being too extreme, like, yeah. on the horror front. Um, and I, I think it's going to be a really good time, like, for yeah, you to, like, you're going to have fun. It. it really is. So... Currently, you can find it streaming on Amazon Prime if you have a subscription. Otherwise, um, it's just available for rent on Google Play and Vudu um, and I think YouTube as well. Thank you for listening to the Popcorn and Nacho podcast. And we'll be talking more films you should see ASAP. (laughs) 